Welcome to The Rock Church, a vibrant, enthusiastic, edgy church meeting in West Bridgeford, Nottingham. You can find out more about us by visiting the-rock.org.uk. We hope you were blessed by this message. Okay, Lynn has been sat ready and waiting to go. So Lynn, come on, let's get you up. Let's pray for you before you preach. So, Lord, we just thank you for this mighty woman of God. We thank you for the word that you've downloaded into her spirit, Lord. We thank you, Lord, for her heart, for this church, for us as disciples. So, Father God, let your word ring clear this morning. Let the seeds go deep. Let them go out into the world as we leave the church. Lord, we thank you for Lynn. We thank you for her gifting. In Jesus' name. Amen. Thank you, Claire. And welcome online. So, the week that Ali went on sabbatical, he left us with a challenge. He said, don't hang on, press on. Yeah, you know it. And when they come back, they are going to certainly be impressed that we have been pressing on and not hanging on. You know, we have been growing personally. I've grown, and I know a lot of you have grown. And we've been growing as a church. You know, welcoming in these legends this morning. And we've got another batch tonight. And our success and our growth has been largely due to the fact that two years ago, God gave us a growth model that we simply call GROW. And while Ali and Kate have been uh, away, it's been doing its thing and producing the work that it was set up to produce. That's the power and importance of structure. Structures, if followed properly, can become the engine room of success. And this is the structure that's going to allow Ali and Kate to come back to take their time in settling back into church, to allowing us to love on them and to keep our church growing. So structures are all around us. Farmers don't just wake up one morning and find a whole field ready to harvest. They have a structure. They plough the ground, they plant the seeds, they nurture them, And then they harvest. The crop isn't a surprise to a farmer. It's a planned process. It's something that he's worked for. And the Bible often uses the analogy of sowing and reaping to illustrate the growth he's expecting from us. So in John 15, 16, Jesus says this. You did not choose me, but I chose you. I appointed you to go and produce lasting fruit so that the Father will give you whatever you ask for in my name. We love the start of that scripture, being chosen. And we love the end that we will get from the Father whatever we ask in Jesus' name. But it's all hinged together with that middle part about being appointed to go and produce lasting fruit. To be appointed in the Bible 
be means to put in a position to fully function and accomplish a task. Our task is to produce. And produce means to make happen. So God has positioned us to go and make things happen. And therefore, a good structure puts us in a position to fully function and accomplish a task. You know, a farmer doesn't expect crops to appear just because he's a farmer. And we shouldn't expect lasting fruit to appear just because we are Christians. But praise God, we have a structure in our church that if we engage with, will help us to produce this lasting fruit. So this morning, I'm going to unpack our growth model for two reasons. For those of you that are here and don't know what it is, and to remind the rest of us of how important this structure is. You know, a farmer fully knows why he's planting. He fully knows why he's been plowing the field and he knows why he's harvesting. And we will be, what I'm going to do is I'm going to stop as well and I'm going to include some growth moments from over the last three months because they've been really significant and they show that this model works. So a grow is a model that's used by thousands of churches from around the world. It's a structure that everyone fits into, whether you're new to faith or you've been in faith for 60 years. Because every stage of our growth has deeper levels that we can engage with. It's a biblical model and it's illustrated in three places in the Bible. The first is in the Old Testament and then there's two places in the New Testament. I'm just going to share a scripture, my favorite scripture from the New Testament. It's from Ephesians chapter 1, verses 17 and 18. And it says this. I keep asking that the God of our Lord Jesus Christ, the glorious Father, may give you the spirit of wisdom and revelation so that you may know him better. I pray that the eyes of your heart will be enlightened in order that you may know the hope to which is called you the riches of his glorious inheritance in his holy people. So our model is based on four statements within these scriptures. So the first is that you may know him better. The second is that the eyes of your heart may be enlightened. The third is to know the hope to which he's called you. And the fourth is the riches of his glorious inheritance in his holy people. Well, they all sound wonderful they're great statements, but what do they actually mean? So the church who launched Grow took this list and other places that it appears in the Bible, and they sat with some unchurched people. They explained exactly what all these stages meant and asked them to help produce some like language that would put them simply so that everyone would understand what these four stages are. And this is what they came up with. To know God, to find freedom, to discover a purpose, and to make a difference. Brilliant. And it's so true. Yeah. That is exactly what those statements mean. Our growth isn't something that we face once and for all. It's a journey. It's a journey of discipleship. 
And to help us see all of these stages mapped out as a journey, Ali produced our journey planner. And this journey planner, you'll see a large version of it in the uh, foyer as you come in. It's based on the underground. And the uh, growth stages are highlighted as stages that we visit. If you've ever been to the London Underground, you will know that it has a circular line. And that circular line, you can hop on and go to all the stages that you need at different times. And it's the same for us. We don't just visit knowing God once. We're constantly knowing God. And in fact, the more we know God, the more we realize that there is to know about God. So let's look at each stage of our growth journey. The first is to know God. And knowing God is the first and most important stage. Jesus paid a great price to connect us back to the Father. And this is what he said in Matthew 7, verses 21 and 23. He says, not everyone who says to me, Lord, Lord, will enter the kingdom of heaven, but only the one who does the will of my Father who is in heaven. Many will say to me on that day, Lord, Lord, did we not prophesy in your name and in your name drive out, drive out demons and in your name perform many miracles? Then I will tell them plainly, I never knew you. Away from me, you evil doers. To know God in this scripture comes from the Greek word gnosko, which is an intimate term. It's the same word used where it, it was said that Adam knew Eve and they had a baby. It means to know in your heart and not just know in your head. It's to have a relationship with God and not follow a religion. You know, God isn't mad at us. God is mad about us. The scripture tells us that he wants to dwell in us. And to dwell in us means to live in us. You know, it's easy to live with somebody and be like ships that pass in the night. We need to stop and engage with him and really get to know him intimately. You know, couples often plan date nights with each other, even though they live together to ensure they get the quality time. We need to plan date nights with God and days with God, not just date nights, to get that quality time. So why is intimacy so important in our growth journey? Well, because journeying with God is going to require us to let go and let God. It's a journey of trust and surrender. Trust is the highest level of intimacy. And when trust is high, our progress will be fast. But when trust is low, down here, it's really slow. And it could take us years to get anywhere with God. You know, God led the Israelites into the promised land. It was a journey that could have taken two weeks, but it took 40 years because they didn't trust God and they didn't obey him. So let's celebrate a growth moment here. In the last three months, our church attendance has grown by 20%. Isn't that amazing? 
Do you know when Ali and Kate come back, they're going to be people in the room that they've not met. That's fantastic. We also support Knowing God through our Alpha and Bible courses. We have a couple of campaigns a year. We start the, uh, the year with what we call Devotion Explosion. It's where we encourage us all to get into daily Bible reading. And of course, it should be a habit that we have all year. But sometimes we just go a little bit astray. We need bringing back on to track. You know, we will never know God if we don't know his word. We will like never know, know God if we don't know his word. We'll just know of him. We also have a prayer and fasting campaign, which is really important as well, because that's where we get close to God in prayer, and we get close to God in prayer as a church, find out his heart for what he wants for us. And another growth moment to celebrate in this last three months is that we launched our second annual prayer and fasting campaign. And Chris led that, and she also led some new prayer pockets as people got together in twos and threes outside of our prayer meetings to pray. In the last three months, we've had some really successful RPMs. We looked at spiritual gifts. Um, Rob laid a healing and people were healed. And the last time was beautiful. We just sat in the presence of God with his Holy Spirit. And next Sunday... As we've heard, we've got six people intending to be baptized. That comes under knowing God. Six people making a public declaration of their surrender to God. So we sum up this stage. To know God is to know him intimately and trust him with all our heart so that we can obey so our second stage is finding freedom. God is passionate about our freedom. Right back in the book of Exodus, where it's the first place that we see our model written, God roared, let my people go. And he has been roaring that ever since. You know, when we first come to faith, we come with various amounts of baggage that we need freeing from. It doesn't stop when we come to faith. When we come to faith, we pick up hurts, hang up some fears along the way. And if we don't deal with them, it's like walking with a limp. And we need a level of freedom to move into our purpose. We will never be totally free till we get to heaven. But we need a level of freedom to get into what God wants us to do. Now, when we operate out of, our, out of brokenness... We can be weakened because try as hard as we might, our, weak, our brokenness will surface at some time. It makes us sensitive. We can take offense easily and we can just be so prone to quitting. However, if we really embrace this freedom stage and get our freedom, healed brokenness, healed brokenness can make us really strong. Because we know God's power and we can help other people. So let's not ignore this stage or rush through it. A lot of people like to just 
get alongside God and sort all their issues out together and think, I don't need other people. But God's people are really important in our freedom stage. James chapter 5, verse 65, James chapter 5, verse 16 says this. Therefore, confess your sins to each other and pray for each other so that you may be healed. The prayer of a righteous person is powerful and effective. You know, one of the most important decisions you will ever make are the friends that you have around you. Because our friends are, should be there to make us accountable and to keep us safe. You don't need to be the only person looking at your life. You have got blind spots and you are vulnerable in areas and you don't even know it. So the primary way that we find freedom is through our small groups and our courses. God does his best work through relationships. We have been built for friendships and community. So knowing God is found through intimacy and trust in him. And freedom is found through intimacy and trust in each other. So we've got a couple of growth moments to celebrate in this section. In September, when we launched our small groups, within the first week, we had 100 people sign up to small groups straight away. <laughs> Never had that. We're normally saying, sign in, sign in, sign in. It was like, whoosh, and everyone was in. Another growth moment is we had 33 people sign up to our Freedom in Christ course. And it was here in person after being online for two years. Another growth moment to celebrate is that this September, we had four new small groups that we've never had before. We had Paul and Chris led a prayer group. We had Rob leading a healing group. And we had um, Sandy and Nathaniel leading a parenting for faith. And Rich, Rory and Cherise led our very first Luttrell Hall small group. That's fantastic, isn't it? So another way that we support finding freedom is through our, our mentoring ministry. You know, because there's some things that are better shared one-to-one -one than in a small group. And there's some growing that is best done on a one-to-one. -one. So we are growing in freedom and we're growing in relationships. So our third stage is discover your purpose. And if you've been around the life of the church for any length of time, you will know that one of our favorite sayings is that we've been born on purpose, for a purpose, that's it. We love a Mark Twain quote, which says the two most important days of your life are the day you were born and the day you found out why exactly. Psalm 139.16 says, all the days ordained for me were written in your book before one of them came to be. Our life is so intentional by God that there's a book in heaven with our name on it. Ephesians 2.10 says, For we are God's handiwork created in Christ Jesus to do good works, which God prepared in advance for us to do. You know, happiness is not found when everything goes perfect, because it never will. 
Happiness is found when we know what our purpose is. Because when we know what our purpose is, all the problems can just become distractions because we've got our eyes on something bigger. The primary way that we discover purpose at The Rock is through our growth track course. It's three weeks where we look at fit. First week, Ali and Kate share the vision visions, values, and the structure of the church. And then people can say, yeah, I really believe I fit in there or not. And then the next two weeks, we look at our unique personality and spiritual gifts and find out where we could potentially fit into our church. So a growth moment to celebrate here is that we have just finished our eighth growth track course and we today we are welcoming 13 people as legends and that's our highest intake this year that's fantastic isn't it and these aren't people that have just joined us and they're just going to feel like spare parts like I'm new and I don't know what to do. These are people that have joined us. We welcome them. We've embraced them. We've looked after them. And we've helped them find their gifting. And then we said, look, these are the possible areas where you could serve and where you could make a difference. That means such a lot when you're joining a new church. It can take years to fit in. And we don't want that for people. We want people to know if they've been called to our church, it's for a reason and we're all valuable. We've all got something to give. So at our last stage, our last stage is to make a difference. And this is the purpose of our life, to make a difference. But to make a difference in a way that's going to show up in heaven. There's going to be a day when we stand before God and we're going to be judged First of all, it's going to be on that first point. Do you know him? And remember, that's all about relationship. But once we're in heaven, there's going to be another judgment. It's called the judgment seat of Christ. 1 Corinthians 3 verses 13 and 14 says this. But on the judgment day, fire will reveal what kind of work each builder has done. The fire will show if a person's work has any value. If the work survives that builder will receive a reward. You know, this isn't a heaven or hell judgment. We're in heaven, okay? But fire's going to reveal what kind of work we've done. Is it the work that God asked us to do? Does it have any value at all? And the fire is going to reveal that. And if it does, we're going to receive a reward. One of the very last verses in the Bible comes in Revelation, and Jesus said this, And behold, I am coming quickly, and my reward is with me, to give to everyone according to his work. So what we do, this is the only purpose of our life, is to make a difference with our time. This is where we go from knowing what fruit we produce. So we've been through the stages, we know how we're wired, we know what fruit, what teams we can join, but this is where we actually make it happen. 
So the primary way we support um, making a difference at The Rock is through our dream team. Now our dream team is the collective name that we give for all our serving teams, whatever that is. So it includes our, our Sunday serving, our non-serving Sunday serving, and our community work. We come together to make the dreams and plans of God come to fruition. We've got so many growth moments to celebrate people making a difference in these last three months. The first person I want to celebrate is Kathy. Sat there making notes, look. In the first week of sabbatical, as we all know, Kathy lost her eyesight in one of her eyes. You couldn't write it, could you? The first week of sabbatical. And despite that being quite traumatic and stressful, she was with her head down for weeks, not even able to look up. She dug into the first stage of intimacy with God. Yeah. And she pressed on and she pressed in. And she has produced so much fruit in these last three months. Do you know, I've had the privilege of working up close and personal with Kathy over the last three months. And, and she has put her heart and soul into serving us. She led three funerals. She never led a funeral before. She led three. Funerals are tricky because it's an emotional time. And families need handling sensitively. And she led those three funerals, went on to like um, crematoriums, that's a word. And she had to do committals there. And then she's getting involved in the wakes afterwards. And people were really blessed. She did her first dedication service as well. Yeah. We salute you, lovely lady. <laughs> She's been amazing. So Claire here is leading today. She took on leadership of the um, evening service at Luttrell Hall. We've already shared some of the growth moments that have come from that. And Claire's done that as well as leading and preaching on a Sunday morning and as well as a full-time job and doing her own theological studies as well. So thank you, Claire. We've seen a whole preaching and leading team step up and cover the last three months. And I'm sure you will agree that it's just been amazing. Everyone's done a great job. You wouldn't have known. And I want to thank Andrew Nutban and Paul Clements because they, they st stepped in and preached on top of their planned preaching. They, they stepped up and they did some extra preaching so that Kathy didn't have to rush back in to preach it. And I have loved their humor and I've just loved their warmth that they've brought. So well done to those guys, yes. So we've had people stepping up, as I said, to lead small groups. That's brought a rich variety and it's definitely made a difference in this season. We've had new people stepping up into car park, refreshments, and youth work. And if you've done that, thank you. It's made a big difference. I want to celebrate our Chicks team, who this September delivered the biggest Chicks conference that we have ever had. 
And all the feedback suggests that people were really blessed and that conference made a difference. Well, we haven't just been growing our work inside the church, we've been growing our work outside the church. So since September, we launched Little Rockets, our community toddler group, here at the hub, or the hall, uh, hub, hall, hub, on a Monday. And we are seeing numbers grow week on week, aren't we? And for our magic of Christmas, we have got a waiting list of people. A waiting list of non-Christians wanting to come and visit church. Can you believe that? A waiting list of non-Christians to come to church. And we're racking our brains to think, how can we get them in? How can we have a list? We've been wanting this. Short of pushing the walls out, I don't know what we're going to do. But we're going to take it to God, so, aren't we? And see if we can do anything to get those people into our service. So uh, Rob has been up this morning sharing what the evangelism team has been up to. During three months, I had to push Rob for some statistics because he doesn't want to do statistics. That's not why he does the evangelism. But it's worth just, it's just a good indication, isn't it? In, uh, statistics to show us what's been happening. So I got some statistics from Rob for the last, <laughs> for the last three months. So in just three months, the evangelism team has spoken to 153 people. They have shared the gospel with 38 people. Eight of those people wanted to pray the prayer of salvation. Yes. And not just that, they prayed for healing for 51 people. And nearly 30 either received full healing or partial healing. Amazing. People in their gifting, making things happen. Our grow model works. And as I've said, this model, this structure we have in place and it will continue to work when Ali and Kate come back. Don't worry if they're not back at full force. It doesn't matter. We've got a structure. We're going to press on and press it and make it happen and love them in the process. So we know God. We find freedom. We discover our purpose and we make a difference. That's discipleship. So Sos and the band wants to come back up. So what next? What next? Well, that's actually the key question to keeping growth alive. And it's a key question in the grow model. You know, the farmer doesn't sit back at the end of the year, put his feet up and say, well, there we go. That's that. I've got my crop in. No, he starts again the next year. Plowing, planting, sowing and reaping. And it's the same with us. You know, what a joy to have celebrated all this success over the last three months. But that's happened now. And we need to say to God, what's next? Kathy preached a couple of weeks ago, and she challenged us to look at where we were in our faith. Were we ankle deep, knee deep, or are we swimming? You know, the first week of growth track, when people decide that they want to become legends, we, we issue a 12-month challenge. And we say, you know what? For 12 months, go all in. Go all in and get the full experience 
You need to go on to get all the full experience. You need to come on a Sunday morning. You need to join a small group. You need to get a mentor if you need a mentor. Come to the prayer groups. Join in our campaigns and see how much you can grow in a year. And it's the same with us. We need to issue ourselves that challenge. It's so easy to get into bad habits and start drifting. God wants us to have the full experience every year, every year. So just a couple of things to look forward to in January. In January, we have our next growth track course. And if, yes, we do. And if you've been visiting us, you wonder if the right church for you, come and check us out. You know, you can check us out and you can take some time to think about it. Or you can let us help you discover your unique personality and spiritual gifts, where you might fit in. And then take up the challenge and go all in. January sees a new term in our small groups. And our two main courses that we're going to get behind are the evangelism training and alpha. Because they go hand in hand. You know, the evangelism results that I just read out, that 153 people, was, was all from a team of just seven. There's only seven in that team at the moment. And we have just found out through a Talking Jesus survey that there's a real hunger here in the UK to hear the gospel. And their survey found that one in three people one in three people that you could stop and talk to will be open to a deep and meaningful conversation about Jesus. And the last time they surveyed that, it was one in five. So we need to be making the most of that. Do you know the gospel? Would you be able to share it in just a couple of minutes? And if you don't and you can't, then come on the course don't have to go out on the street God is going to if you know the gospel and you can share it I can guarantee you will meet people at work he will open up opportunities in your family to share the gospel God's about a great work and then we're going big on Alpha as well we're going really big on Alpha this year we have only ever done Alpha online this will be the first time we do it in, per, in person. It's, we want to create a brilliant experience. It's going to be around a meal because we know that meals work in Alpha. So Alpha is our course where you go through the foundations of faith. So it's great for people that don't know God. It's great for people that are new to faith. And it's great for us that have been believers for a long time because it reminds us, it educates us how to share the foundations of faith with people. So we need everyone to get inviting. We need everyone to come and serve, really get behind it, get behind both of these courses. So Ali and Kate are back next week, no doubt. They're gonna bring something new. And they've, they've spent three months with God. You can't spend three months with God and not have something new and different. Let's determine. Let's determine. Whatever, whatever they bring, we are going to go all in. All in to get the full experience. 
So it all starts with knowing God, getting intimate with God. Like I say, the highest level of intimacy is trust. When we trust God, we'll let go, or we'll obey, and we'll experience all he has for us. Our band is going to lead us into oceans. There's a wonderful line in oceans where it says, Spirit, lead me where my trust is without borders. That's quite scary, isn't it? Because as far as I'm concerned, my slate's is wiped clean now. And I need to like say, Lord, lead me where my trust is without borders. So let's engage with this song. Let that be the cry of our heart to God, to just lead us. And we're going to trust him and we're going to let go. Let's stand.